morning. Welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. I am so glad to have you along with me today. As we get into the word of God, talk about it, pray about it, and hopefully you'll be inspired and encouraged by it. If you're new, make sure you do join us regularly. Our challenge here is that day by day, day by day, week by week, month by month, as we're getting into the word of God, we believe it will change our lives because God's word is dynamic. It's alive. It's real. He answers prayer. And he works in our lives. He changes us from the inside out. So I'm so glad to have you along. And I pray you'll be with me day after day. Jesus asked a, gave a parable. We'd mentioned this a week or two ago when we were talking about unanswered prayer. But I want to look at it a little bit more deeply today. Luke 18, verse 1. Now he was telling them a parable to show that, that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. At all times, we ought to pray, and we should not lose heart. I know it's easy to lose heart about things in our day and age, isn't it? Maybe you have a family member you've been praying for for a long time. You've not seen the results, the answers that you'd like to say, like to see. And Jesus is saying, don't lose heart. Maybe you're praying for our country. Maybe you're praying for your church. Maybe you're praying for a health issue. Maybe you're praying for a financial issue. Maybe you're praying for your ministry and things that you've been doing in ministry and you've been faithful to God. But it's not quite working out the way you wish and it's easy to lose heart. Later in this same parable, Jesus, that's how he begins it, but he ends the parable by saying this. I tell you that he, God, will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's a good question. I pray that with you and with me, that when he comes, we'll be faithful and he will find us to be people of faith. The key point I want to say today is when we're praying, when it comes to prayer, never, ever, ever give up. Never, ever, ever lose heart. Never, ever, ever stop believing God. You know, I've got to in this message, just I've got to mention Winston Churchill at the darkest time of World War II. He was scheduled to give an important speech. And of course, he was quite an orator. And he gave some tremendous speeches. But this speech and people were waiting to hear from him. And what was he going to say at this dark, dark, dark time? And his speech is one, I've memorized it, I think. Maybe I've got a word or two wrong here. But it, once, it simply said, he got up and was ready to speak. And he simply said, never, never, never give up. And can I say the same thing to you today? Never, never, never give up. Stakes are too high, my friends. The battle that we're engaging in is too important. We're talking about eternity here. We're talking about people's souls. We're talking about life. We're talking about the triumph of good over evil. Indeed, we are engaged in spiritual battles. This is why we pray we're engaged in spiritual battles that are simply too important to give up on. Now, there was a person in Scripture, as I think of not giving up, the ultimate example would be Abraham. 
Abraham is a man in the Old Testament. He was known as the friend of God. What a title. He's spoken of as, a, as the father of the faith. And even with his problems, and we know Abraham had some problems. He told some untruths, kind of put his wife at risk some. He did some things I'll bet you and I would never consider doing. Yet he was a, he's a man we're talking about today, thousands of years later, because he was a man of faith. Now, what did he do that was such an act, incredible act of faith? Are you ready? He and his wife had a baby. That's it. I mean, come on, folks. He didn't walk on water like Jesus did, he, or even like Peter did for a while. He had, they had a baby. And yet this was, in the eyes of God, an incredible act of faith. Let's read why in, in Romans chapter 4. We'll start with verse 18. He had been promised a child. All right? He'd been promised that they would have a child. They were barren. They'd not had a child. They, they, they tried, but now Sarah was 75 years old. Is that right? Now Abraham was 75. She would have been 65. I don't know when they got married and when they started trying, but you know that can be quite discouraging. And then God appears to them and says, you're going to have a son, and through your son, through your child, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Well, through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Of course, he was not only talking about Isaac here. He was looking forward to Jesus Christ, that through the seed of Abraham, Jesus, all the nations will be blessed. But they had to start somewhere. Verse 18 of Romans 4, In hope against hope, he believed. What does it mean? They weren't having a child. She wasn't becoming pregnant. In hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become a father to many nations. According to that which God had spoken, so shall your descendants be, a father of many nations. Now here we go, verse 19. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully assured that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, Abraham was not a man of faith who hid his hand in the sand and denied the facts. He faced the reality. He was a hundred years old. His body was as good as dead, it says. And he faced the reality that his wife, Sarah, was 90 years old in the deadness of her womb. Come on. You can have a baby. The facts don't look very good. We all know the science. You want to follow the science? There's not a chance here. A 90-year-old woman, a 100-year-old man, oh my goodness. And yet, he noticed the facts, he contemplated the facts, he considered the facts, but he also considered something else, the promise of God. And he considered the promise of God was that, that God would have the final word. That God, God's assessment was more important than what he saw with his own eyes. God's assessment was more important than what he knew scientifically, shall we say, naturally. That God's assessment, God's word, God's promise was more important. He contemplated his own body. He contemplated the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect 
to the promise of God. He didn't waver in unbelief. But he grew strong in faith and he gave glory to God. He praised God. You see, folks, him having a baby, Sarah having a baby, became more and more of a miracle. It's like God was going to do something spectacular. I mean, all kinds of people have babies. And don't, don't think it's, you know, a miracle credit to God. But this was about to be a miracle baby. This was about to be the one through whom the descendants, the seed, the whole world would be blessed. And God wanted to make sure that they knew this was from him. This was a going to be a miracle baby. And so God let the odds get down, not, you know, God let the odds get down to impossible. If you were betting here, you'd never bet on Abraham and Sarah having a child. The odds would have been impossible. You, you know, it just wasn't going to happen unless God stepped in. Isn't that the way we want to live our lives? I don't know if every single thing can be like that, but I sure hope that in my life, and I hope in your life, there are some things that are happening that's pretty clear. This was God who stepped forward. This was a God thing. There's no explanation for this. You can't, you can't say it's up to our ingenuity or our smartness or our money or our resources. This is a God thing. Boy, I sure want that in my life. Like we talked about yesterday where he'd strongly support the one whose heart is completely his. That's where I want to live. That's where Abraham lived. That's why so many people in scripture lived. And that's the model that we want to have. And so my friends, when you're tempted to give up, don't. Never, never, never quit. Never, never, never give up. When you're tempted to give up, yeah, don't, don't be naive and deny the facts are the facts. Just realize God's greater. That our God doesn't deal with the natural realm. Our God deals in the supernatural realm. Certainly things can get to where naturally there's no hope. And yet our God deals with, that's when he steps in, is it not? He steps in. He's a supernatural God. Now, God's timing is not often not our time. I've learned this. With, like with Abraham, he had to wait 25 years. And often we have to wait. We wish you didn't. But remember, like it says in 2 Peter 3, 9, 8 and 9, God's not slow about his promises. Some count slowness, but he's patient towards you. Not wishing for any perish, but for all to come to repentance. God's timing may not be your timing. That's why we lose heart. Because our timing says it should have happened by now. God knows what he's doing. When he, when he gave the promise, he set the timetable. He set the schedule. He knows what he's going to do, and he knows what he wants to do in your life and in the circumstances in between. And so don't lose heart. Have you? Have you? Have there been areas where you've just kind of given up? Stop believing? Stop praying? Maybe today can reignite some of that fire. Maybe today can reignite some of those prayers. God might be redirect you some. That happens. As I've shared earlier before, you know, we were planting a church and building a church in San Diego, and God didn't answer some of those prayers to redirect me back out onto the campus. Okay, that might happen. Maybe God's just trying to work something in you. Maybe God's going to, maybe God wants you to keep praying. I heard, read a great story yesterday. David Wilkerson, who was the pastor of Times Square Church in Manhattan and who started Teen Challenge, his nephew 
David Wilkerson has passed on. He died in 2011. He graduated up to heaven in 2011. His nephew has made a prayer, his prayer, his life ambition, his prayer to God. Father, if there are any prayers, my uncle, David Wilkerson, any of his prayers that weren't answered, I ask you to fulfill them through me. Whoa, that's pretty cool. And indeed, you think about it, lots of times God's, a person's prayers to God are fulfilled through someone else or through the next generation or through a descendant. Certainly that happened with David when Solomon built the temple. There can be so many examples like that. What am I saying? God's timing is not always ours. Keep at it. Keep praying. Don't lose heart. When he comes back, make sure you got the faith. Make sure you're believing. Reignite, reawaken. If there's some things you've let go dormant because the timing just didn't wasn't what you'd hoped it would be, reawaken those dreams. We reawaken those prayers and those promises. And let's keep believing. If God put it on your heart, don't let go of it. Keep praying. Father in heaven, thank you that you are a almighty and an awesome God. Thank you that you fulfill your promises. Sometimes it takes longer, but and Father, so we pray for patience. And we pray for perseverance. And we pray that we would not lose heart. And we pray that, that Lord, so many do lose heart. But I pray none of us would. And when you return, I pray you would find us to have been faithful. Lord, we do continue to pray. We ask, I pray, Lord, reawaken dreams that we've allowed to become dormant, prayer requests that we've stopped praying, uh, people we've stopped praying for. Help us not lose heart. We know that we have left our request at the throne of God. We've approached the throne of grace confidently because of Jesus Christ, and we've given you our requests. But you've told us to keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. You've said you want us to persevere in our prayers. And so we do. We love you, Father. We thank you you've heard us. And we thank you there's value in continuing to seek and to pray. Lord, I know all kinds of things come to my mind now that we'd appreciate more the more we pray. And it would build our faith and it would test our faith. And so I pray, Lord, each of us would pass this test of faith. And again, even this, if, if, if in the last few minutes you've brought to any of our minds things that you want us to renew our prayers for, that we would not grow, we would not waver in unbelief, but we grow strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully assured that what you have promised us, you are fully able to complete. We bless you. We love you. We give you this day. Might this day be a day of faith, walking with you in the joy of the Lord. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hang in there, folks. You know, it's what football players, they call it the grind. As the season goes on and you're halfway through the season, you're beat up, you're bruised, you're working through injuries, but you've got to, the season's not over. Sometimes in our Christian life, we've got great joy and a great excitement. Let's not forget, sometimes it's the grind. We just show up, we're faithful, we keep believing. That's what makes champions, and that's what we want to be.
God bless you. Thanks for being with me. I love you guys. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. right here. If you're with us live or you can watch later in the day or you can listen on the podcast on the Apple, the Spotify, or the Google platforms. I hope you join us every day and I look forward to seeing you. God bless you. I love you. Bye-bye.